Saturday show happening. And it's going to be interesting, especially because I just I'm doing this after reading all of my negative reviews on this show. So uh, this will be fun. <laughs> Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, again, sorry, things have kind of come late. I didn't get a Friday show in just because travel made it impossible. Uh Thought that Michigan was going to have its uh, media availability later at night. Did not happen that way. Had it in the afternoon. Had the radio after that. So apologies there. That's why we got a Saturday show today uh, to make sure that we make up for that. Uh, But uh, yeah, lots to talk about. Stuff coming out of media availability yesterday. A couple other news items. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk about the Jalen Mayfield uh, now is going to be the starting right tackle because of Andrew Stuber going down with an injury. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't know a lot. I'll tell you what little I know about that. And uh, we'll t- discuss the options behind him, What you know, everything we've heard about Mayfield, all that kind of stuff. So we'll go from there. Uh, and then in segment two, we are going to discuss something that Josh Uche said yesterday. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and play you what Josh Uche had to say yesterday, uh, and you can hear it for yourself, because I thought it was pretty interesting. And he was just talking about how the defense might be faster. I, I think that's interesting. Like, him saying that, he's saying without Devin Bush, without these really fast guys, Chase Winovich, guys that were running, you know, four fives, four sixes, defense as a whole might be faster. I'll tell you why I believe that. I'm starting to buy into that type of hype a little bit, you know, ramped up because of it. And then we, you know, we, I think you kind of get the best ideas of who's pretty good. Uh, who, who's going to step up just based off of talking to players and, you know, more than the coaches, but you know, you get, you get an idea from the players, the coaches, and there's a couple names that are recurring. Some of them are ones that you know about. Some of them might not be. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all of them. So, yeah, we'll get right into that. But before we do that, support for today's show comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on Shark Take and Men's Journal, named Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. Uh, I own one of my own volition, not because I was paid to do it. I I actually just own one. Uh, Anyway, get 20% off and free shipping from promo code LOCKEDON. At manscaped.com. That's locked on at manscaped.com. It's a great deal. Go for it. Highly recommend it. All right. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the first thing we're on our agenda is talking about J- uh, Andrew Stuber going down with injury. It's kind of funny in a way because it seems to me like I've been I'd been pr- predicting Andrew Stuber just because I had long said experience tends to win out. Uh, he didn't have nearly like a ton of experience, but he had some experience, right? Uh, but it, it's kind of funny that now that it's Jalen Mayfield, it seems like the reaction is kind of a little bit more like, oh no, what do we do without Andrew Stuber? When it, it did seem like it, at least uh, I think Andrew Stuber, or sorry, Jalen Mayfield had been the fan favorite to some degree. Um, so now we get to find out for sure how good Jalen Mayfield can be now i i had talked to one person in the program uh back in the spring and they they just raved and raved and raved about jalen mayfield 
they were like, that guy is just going to be an absolute monster when his time comes, if that's this year, the future, or whatever. So take that for what it's worth. That's not something I wrote about, I don't think, weirdly. But uh, that was what I was told. And I think that that's, that bodes well, right? Now, it sucks because Stuber was a guy they've always liked. I remember when he got offered. Uh, he got offered at one of those camps uh, that Michigan had back when they had uh, big open camps and all the media would go to it. It was the same day as A4. They had the big man camp and A4 happen concurrently. The big man camp was happening in the uh, in the big house. The A4 was over in the Glickfield house and the practice field surrounding. And just remember, there was like a you could tell that something had happened because there was just a lot of celebrating from Andrew Stuber and his family. Find out he got an offer, committed like a week later. But you didn't have the recruiting stars, right? So a lot didn't necessarily get the type of accolades. Jalen Mayfield does have that. So if that's something you're looking for, then that's you you've got that in your right tackle. But the bad news is it it decreases the room for error now, right? Because uh, I, I definitely don't think this will be the case, but let's just say, hypothetically, go back to 2017. Things didn't work out very well for Nolan Ulysio, obviously. He won the white, right tackle job. Uh, and because I'm petty, the person that, that said in the one review that I, I've never broken anything, I don't, I've never broken news, I broke the news that Nolan Ulysio won the right tackle job, by the way. Uh, but the... Uh, he won the right tackle job, and it didn't go well. I got replaced by the Michigan State game. And they had Juwan Bushel-Beatty come in. You know, I think John Runyon Jr. saw some time in there as well. I know he was in there as a sixth lineman a couple times. But now they don't have that margin for error, right? So now it's a matter of they just need to make sure that they're solid, especially – and hope that no injuries, knock on wood, no injuries happen. Because now your backup seems to be Ryan Hayes at both left and right tackle. According to what John Runyon Jr. said yesterday. And listen, I, you know, I've been hearing about Ryan Hayes for a while. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've been reading the site. I've been talking about him since December. Right? Like, we've talked, talked about him back early bowl prep. Then we heard from... You know, Ben Bredesen and others at during bowl prep, right, you know, down in Atlanta, Ryan Hayes is going to be really good. So echoed by John Runyon Jr. yesterday said that he still wants to see him get bigger, but he it's pretty clear that he's doing awesome. Ed Warner said as much in the spring as well. So uh, he seems to be your option behind him, behind Mayfield, behind Runyon as well. And it looks like they've got more contingencies work that they're working on with a couple guys like uh, Joel Honigford was practicing on the second team uh, interior at guard. I don't know what side, to be honest. They moved, they've moved him out. They kicked him out to tackle in preparation. And Trent A. Jones and uh, Trevor Keegan are getting more work. Now, here's the other thing. And here's the thing that I told you I was going to say at the beginning. Uh, the thing that I've heard. I know there's the bogus report out there from, you know, the person who loves to make up bogus reports, whose name I like to not mention. And uh, I was told from someone who didn't, who, who wasn't like super keyed in. They're keyed in, but they weren't super keyed into this particular thing, right? But they said that everything that they had heard was that it was 
it, it sounded like a five-week deal. So take that for what it's worth, whether that ends up being the case or not. And obviously, you know, if Jalen Mayfield goes out there and plays really well, then it's moot. But that's what I was given was like it sounded like it was a five-week deal, not a season or beyond that or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it's still disheartening. And it, it's especially for a guy that, you know, was so highly thought of. But Jalen Mayfield comes in with what John Runyon Jr. says is like extreme athleticism, quick twitch guy. And that's echoes kind of what like Ed Warner said in the spring. And, you know, remember Harbaugh at Big Ten Media Days. I like watching 73. Had had this whole thing about like, you know, when I when I turn on the film, I just like to watch 73. So that that bodes well. Michigan is in a much better spot now. And that's just across the board. Because a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of depth, and that kind of went across, you know, whether it be offensive line, there was on the defensive line. But, I mean, linebacker, yeah, you had some young guys. I mean, but the guys that were starting were young. You, you didn't want to have to rely on Josh Ross, who's now going to be a starter. Michigan's finally in that place where the starters are now starting to be, not necessarily across the board, but starting to be those second-year guys, that type of thing. So that's good news. Sec- sorry, third-year guys, I meant. All right, let's move on to segment two. But first, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60%. More likely to interact with sponsors they are on their podcasts. Uh, get your company connected with this audience. Email me at iHole at usatoday.com uh, to reach an upscale mail audience. and uh, Or you can also email us at locked at locked on podcast to get more details about increasing your business. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, uh, let us continue on with the podcast. Remember, uh, at the end, we're going to talk about the young players that uh, we keep on hearing about. Uh, But first, let's talk about Josh Uche said some interesting things about about, uh, the defense seemingly maybe being faster at yesterday's media uh, availability. I think it's, I'm starting to buy in a little bit. I just am. Because that's what we've been hearing, right? Don Brown, the players. Now, I don't buy it when it's the hyperbole, right? Like, no offense to Josh Ross, but like when Khalil Hudson said he could be, you know, he might be faster than 
have you know better sideline to sideline speed than Devin Bush in the spring. That's like okay, you're just building your teammate teammate up. But when you say like, well, no, it's a collective thing. We're we're faster as a group. We're all running in a way that we hadn't before. Yeah, I buy that. So, let's hear from Josh Uche. You can hear a little bit of what he had to say here. How how has this defense been able to kind of as a whole, considering the you know the personnel losses? How how do you feel like you've responded? Very well. I mean, maybe even faster. I, I think we're a lot faster than last year, a lot more depth. Everybody can run on the field. I'm not saying that people last year couldn't run, but it's like there's so much depth, you know. Like if one guy, if something were to happen to one guy, then the next guy may be even faster and maybe even on a better level than the guy that he was in front of. So just a lot of depth, um, a lot more guys in the core this year that know what they're doing and um, a lot of speed. Why do you think that your the defense is faster? You know, obviously that seems almost counterintuitive having lost like Devin Bush. And mm-hmm. why do you think it's faster? Everybody's running. All the guys on the defense line are running. Now you know everybody's just everybody's just running. Like you got safeties that are extremely fast. You got Josh Mattel's one of the best safeties in the nation. Then you got Josh Ross, who you guys really people don't really give enough attention or enough credit to of what he did last year in a partial role in that rotation that he was having. Then you got you got Glasgow, we got Gill, we got we got Kalik, you know, and everybody's running, everyone's like in the four fives, you know. Not to say that, you know, you know, Bush is Bush, you know, that he's special. But we've got guys now, everybody is running, everybody is fast. Well, I was gonna ask is it because Devin could cover so I mean he did so much that maybe you guys said he's got it, you know, you didn't have to do all those things? I mean, um I don't know. I mean, from a scheme point, I feel like maybe that's what it was. But, you know, Bush was just, he's, he was extremely fast and very in that mic position allows you to do a n- number of things, you know. So he kind of, he got a lot of the spotlight, but, you know, people didn't focus on the other pieces that were around and making tremendous plays at the same So I think that's an interesting point, right? Like, if you just kind of have, you know, you know these. Kind of, I think the interesting thing more so is what Angelique asked there at the end, which was, you know, without Devin Bush, like, is it the scheme th- or like not the scheme, but is it the the fact that Devin, you know, had the speed, so you knew that you didn't need to. I think that maybe hints at something because when you know that the guy next to you is going to clean things up, maybe you don't have to go as hard, right? And he mentioned some of the names that I think are really tantalizing in some ways. There's there's guys that like I I think are cl- criminally underrated by the Michigan fan base. Devin Gill is one of them. I I don't understand why he gets hated on the way he gets hated on. But he does. Lots of Michigan fans not a big fan of Devin Gill because they think I think it's the star rating personally. But they're like, oh, he's just slow and doesn't do anything. It's like he made a lot of really good plays, and he started to come on later. Some guys take a little bit of time, but obviously he's playing for a reason, too. There's a lot of armchair coaches out there. But I just think that – I don't. now I'm not saying, like, oh, he's just one special, special, special player, and, you know, he's going to be a guy that Wolverines fans remember for a lifetime. I'm not saying that. But there's a, this is something that – I talk about with my best friend all the time is there's just a a lot of this pervasive idea of either a guy is terrible or he's the um, amazing. There's, 
in in today's uh, the way that we look at a lot of things in in culture, when it's not relegated strictly to sports, but sports definitely happens. Like Matthew Stafford's pretty pretty much you know there. It's like people can't say like well, he's pretty good. He's not elite like people thought or hoped he would be. But he's you know so people just say well he's terrible. If he's not elite, then he's terrible. And I think that's what Devin Gill and some others get right. He's not elite. He's terrible. No, that's he's pretty good. Whereas, you know, obviously you look at some other guys that are great. Devin Bush, elite. Khalid Hudson, extremely good. Oh, there, there's just players out there that can move in ways that people act like they can't. I still, to this day, get Josh Metellus hate. If I If I spend any amount of time... Talking about Josh Metellus on this podcast or writing articles about Josh Metellus, I'll get at least one person that DMs me or tweets at me or something. It's like, you have no idea how terrible this guy is. Okay. I'm digressing a little bit because that always sticks with me. But, uh, you know, the, the big thing is is they do have all these players that can run. And when you hear Josh Uche say this, in conjunction with the fact that Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown have both said that they feel that this defensive front is the fastest that they've had, and that Don Brown says that the back seven is in sync as any back seven he's ever had, I'm starting to buy in a little bit. That's that's where I'm at. Because, uh, honestly, like, Josh Uche does not strike me, having known him for a few years now, he does not strike me as a guy who makes, you know, that is hyperbolic, right? He isn't just a rah-rah, let's boost things up. He's always been kind of a realist from what I've been able to gather. My conversations with him, you know, over the last couple of years, before Michigan, all of that stuff. He's a very serious dude when it comes to football. So, take it for what it's worth. I certainly do. It's got me kind of lathered up when it comes to the defense. And it's like, ooh, maybe, maybe this is good. Maybe it's better than I thought. As a fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iron Locked on Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Then you're the same. Get the edge from Vinny. That will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. All right, we're hearing a lot of names when it comes to the uh, the young young guys that are that are standing out. And you know, I got that question. I believe from it was either Clint Derringer or it was the uh, I think it was Michigan who filled in the one week when Clint didn't do his uh, over unders. I can't remember offhand. Uh, I do not have a record 
past record either, so I couldn't tell you. But uh, who? How many? I think that it was set at five and a half, and I said, yeah, I think six or seven are going to burn their red shirts. Pretty confident in that right now, right? Because you've got all kinds of guys that I think are going to contribute. And you're hearing more and more of some of their names. Now, obviously, I mean, we're hearing good things about the offensive linemen. John Runyon mentioned uh, multiple ones uh, yesterday. I uh, haven't written this yet, but like you mentioned, Trent A. Jones, Trevor Keegan, Zach Carpenter, Carson Barnhart. So that's four of the six. The uh, the ones that he didn't mention, Nolan Rumler, and see, now I'm forgetting the other one. Jack Stewart. But he mentioned four of those guys, but obviously you don't want to see any of them this year. This isn't Ben Bredesen in 2016. Kind of my point about the, you know, the depth. Obviously he came in out of necessity, but he was battling with Grant Newsom. But again, Grant Newsom was a second year guy. Now they don't have that. Fifth year, fourth year, third year fourth year and uh, I guess now second year on the offensive line better improvement but then when you look at like the wideouts we've heard obviously a lot about Mike Sainer still I don't need to tell you anymore everyone says that he's he's picked up right where he left off in camp from spring ball rather to ball camp but everyone after that thought Giles Jackson was going to be the guy and I said to you going into fall camp. Watch out for Cornelius Johnson. And I would venture to say that he's the person who's getting mentioned the most as a freshman in fall camp. Started with Giles Jackson, raving about him, being like, CJ has just been absolutely phenomenal, what have you. I'd read you the quote, but I think uh, I I lost it. I think I lost it when my computer crashed, so I don't really have it. But um, nonetheless, uh, Josh Gaddis raved about him. CJ has come on, and he's looked really, really good. Then uh, Jim Harbaugh, same deal. I don't have the quote because it was in the same document, what I transcribed. Sorry. Jim Harbaugh saying, uh, yeah, he's been something else like we have just been overjoyed with what he's uh what he's been able to do actually i do have the quote because i have it typed out he's running through uh all the running uh, all the all the backs and everything like that and he says cornelius johnson cj's done a great job he's rocking up the depth chart as well those guys in particular and he says like those six talking about some of the other guys um really stood out and then uh Nico Collins comes out yesterday and says uh, he's just been killing it. He's like he, you know, he's like he is my pick for the breakout guy. Quote: I love Cornelius. He's a young guy. He's still learning, but he's going to be a great guy later on in the future. I'm calling it now. So, 
to me, that sounds like he's going to be a guy this year. Giles, maybe. I still would say redshirt most likely burn, but they might see what he does in games, right? He might get out there for four games. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Uh, he'll definitely get out there. They'll definitely utilize him. But uh, from what Harbaugh said, it just kind of made it sound like, yeah, he's still got to go through the paces. Then uh, Eric All continuing to, to draw the accolades. Sean McCune said earlier this week that it sounded like he's just... Uh, like, you know, he's he's come on better than he did in the spring, which is impressive because McCune made it sound like, yeah, he was still kind of lost in the playbook. The thing that I was told about Eric All from someone behind the scenes where he really kind of shines is that he, despite, you know, at the time of the spring, he was only in through strength and conditioning for, what, two months? Still kind of a, you know, string bean a little bit from what I was told. The, the utmost contact courage, like did not care how long you've been in the program, how big you are. He was going to take you on. The person that I talked to was a defensive, uh, someone on the defensive side of the ball was a coach. He's not with the, uh, he's not with the program anymore, but he was just raving and raving about Eric all at the same time. Everyone else was. And he said where he's just amazed is how he takes on these defenders fearlessly so that's exciting. Kind of, uh, I think, I mean, I think you're going to see all five tight ends there in the, in, you know, this season is what I'm saying. But the one that I'm the most excited about was the comment that, uh, Jim Harbaugh said, had, you know, had about Chris Hinton said he's worked his way in the two deep. Like again, five stars. Why? Like for all of the stargazers, I feel like, you're not stargazing at the one that you need to. I mean, I understand we're all excited about Daxton Hill, but Chris Hinton, position of need. I know safety is also position of need, but it's like you got two. You got two two positions in need. Like, you know, people were excited about Jabril Peppers and they were excited about Derek Green. Now, only one of them worked out. But nonetheless, Harbaugh's comments about Chris Hinton moving up into the two DP also included Mozzie in that. So that makes it sound like Mozzie Smith is also, but Chris Hinton was the one he really raved about. So Sean Newell also talked about his maturity. I mean, to me, he his red shirts as good as burned. So over under definitely over six. I think. But some of them might just get their four games. And that might just be it. All right, that's going to do it for our Saturday episode. Next week might be a little topsy-turvy still, schedule-wise. Forewarning. But the week after that, it will be back to frickin' usual. Why? Because my schedule will be back to frickin' usual. So, you'll get a podcast every morning around 10 uh after this week five days a week that will be back on next week we're gonna try but uh i i don't know what time press conferences are next week so i can't tell you for sure uh so we'll try we'll try our best and then we'll be back to doing five a week um by the way for those who not to to throw out the complaints about complaints but for those who complained i saw in some of the 
the negative uh, what have you, that the schedule's all off. It's it's hard to figure out how to do five shows a week. We're the only one doing five Michigan-specific shows a week. We've never done less than two, and usually it's been three. So, But we'll be back to five in a couple of days. So calm your whatever word you want to use in there. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at on Wolverines. Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you would like to be a featured sponsor on the show, email me at I, H-O-L-E, at usatoday.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com. To go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage, this was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.